4P to 8P designated specifically to my wife, to my children. Mm. And I go as hard in that four hours as I did in my Q2 with my work. I don't only want to be present. I want to be omnipresent when I'm with my kids, when I'm with my wife. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Live Your Truth Now. I am your host, Mike Ligori, and I am going solo. Katie is not with us this week. I am super excited today because this episode specifically is geared for the men out there. And in order for me to have this wonderful conversation I have planned up, I brought one of my dear friends onto the show today who helps the driven few get it all done by living in the world of and, and we're going to talk about what that means. But most importantly for you guys, just to let you know, if you haven't been listening to the last couple episodes, Katie and myself have decided to move the podcast into another arena, something that we're both passionate about and is helping entrepreneurs build a business around their why through narrative design, storytelling, branding, and also through these guest interviews. So with that being said, my friend and my brother, who I'm honored to have on the show today, Al Hamid, he is the president of Hamid Homes, a luxury home builder in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area. He's also a coach, as again, that helps the driven few get it all done by living in the world of and. He has a beautiful wife, Rachel, and three children, Kaylin, Sophia, and Asher. Al is somebody that I met last year during the year that was COVID through a mutual friend of ours, Steve Weatherford. Al is one of these men that I have to tell you guys, he has really inspired me. He has helped me change some of my habits and behaviors to really focus on what it means to be a man in this day and age. I emulate much of what he does in terms of his relationships that he has with not just other men, but also with his family. So I could go on and on and flatter this man and shower him with tons of grace, but I would much rather have him just come on the show and just share with what he knows. And Al, thanks, man, for being on today. I'm so blessed you're here, dude. How are you? Mm, absolutely, brother. I, I very much appreciate that legendary introduction, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I received it. It's well deserved. I received that, brother. I'm, I am more than happy. I am been waiting uh, to get on your, we'll say, uh, privilege show. And that's, the, that's, that's even <laughs> marginalizing it, man. You're a brother to me, man, and you already know it, dude. So um, I'm thrilled to be here and thrilled to deep dive, brother. Absolutely, man. And I can tell you, I'm I'm super stoked for this because there's so much we could talk about just men today and just what we've learned through the last year and through our friendship. And most importantly, with the tribe of people that we have in our, our mastermind group, the King's Council, and we've associated ourselves with as well. But I want to talk about your work and I want to talk about some of the pivots and the challenges that you've overcome over the last couple of years, specifically with you not just being a successful entrepreneur, but talking about balance and integration of work and life. And so knowing this about you from just our conversations we've had over the last year, three years ago, approximately, there was something major that was happening in your life. And so my first question for you is, is or I should say my first segment that I want to dive into is specifically what was going on for you at that time? What was your business like? What were your relationships like, especially with your your family and also in your male relationships? I'd love for you to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, brother. Absolutely. I mean, I think to preface that, the first thing uh, 
that I think it makes sense to share is kind of my background or my history real quick as it relates yeah. to what I, I did or work. But, you know, as I'm second generation by the grace of God as a as a luxury home builder. Mm-hmm. My father started that company in 1978 and came to this Came to this country at 19, didn't speak a word of English, met my mother, and I'm obviously going to time collapse this for the sake of this conversation, but essentially bootstrapped his way up to learning English and then building a multi-million dollar organization. And I had put myself in a position all throughout my life, man, where I essentially knew I was groomed to kind of take over the organization. I learned, you know, all through high school up until essentially I got to undergrad, I worked with a different subcontractor just to learn the nomenclature and enough about the business. And then when I got into undergrad or out of undergrad, took my real estate broker's license and kind of understood the sales side of the business and then got out of grad school, completed my grad programs. And at that time, dad was looking to retire. And I say that loosely because anybody that knows my dad, like he's still not retired. He, he, he will never retire. Uh, it's just kind of his grind. Yeah, it's my dad too. Yeah, brother. But, uh, you know, he's earned that right. But, you know, that's probably seven or eight years ago. So I'll time collapse to, to now or to that moment where... I was essentially trained and groomed and ready, willing, and able to take over the organization. And quite candidly, I found myself on day one, I'll say cautiously optimistic at best, realistically mm. speaking, scared shitless. Yeah. Because here I was with three degrees, two of them at the master's level. And here's my dad that came from you know a different country and bootstrapped his way up into to being financially successful. You know, So you hear those conversations, Mike, all the time about junior ran the company into the ground you know he took it over and just it went to nothing or you know junior grew the company and and grew it into spades and that was that was really what i hung my hat on was the latter was i by by grace of god hell or high water i'm gonna make this happen so i did and i responded to every single phone call email text message where i was the builder i was the broker i was the designer doing whatever we got to do when you're in a position to take over an opportunity or an organization to really grind and and to really do that. And I did by the grace of God. And I hit essentially every metric that I wanted to hit from a financial standpoint. Yeah. But it was very much in, at the cost of the relationships I had in my life and my physical health. And I, I'll say it certainly as much and we can get into this a bit here in the future on this call, but certainly living in the ore. I mean, I knew how to be very, very good at taking my business from multi six figures to seven figures. And now by the grace of God to multi seven figures. But I did not know how to do that and be the best dad that I could be and be the best husband that I wanted Mm. to be. And honestly, be the best man of God. You know, those things took a proverbial backseat because I was always putting my position myself in a position as a very result driven, not relationship driven kind of guy to be able to take myself from how do I go from A to B, B to C, D to move forward and be able to time collapse that as best as possible. So I found myself, man, about to your point, about three years ago, I just burn out. Um, actually, I was I was diagnosed with phase two adrenal fatigue. And I remember going to a physician. Yeah. And Al, just a quick question for you. Was it was it the money was it like you had accumulated all this money and then you saw all the work that it took for it? Did, is that where you maybe felt not just the the physical kind of conditioning that the conditions that you suffered from, but what was it specifically? You had achieved all this results, but what was it exactly for you? Yeah, it was a, that's a great question, man. Yeah. So I had hit the amount of zeros in my bank account that I wanted to, but for what? 
you know, well, I, I'm never going to be able to, to spend that money because I don't have the time to invest with my family or my children or, or, or because I'm constantly grinding. And when I say grinding, you know, I'm not, Hey, eight to five, it's 4 AM until I'm forced to go to bed because my body's going to shut down. And that, that served me as much as it did, but it got to a point where I started to realize I needed to redefine my definition of success. Because for the longest time, I just had this proverbial trophy of I want to be a seven-figure guy. And that will come at the cost of any relationship. You're either with me yeah. or not. And if you're not, good luck. And, and, a, and a lot of men feel that too. You know, that pressure to provide and protect and, this, you know, and, and doing both of those things, especially from the family side, equates to prosperity. And I think, and I've, and I've suffered that too. There, you know, I think, I think men really pride themselves on the ability to accomplish and achieve things and also being able to accumulate. So, you know, when we, when we have wealth or we have achievement or success, you know, it's not about us puffing our chest around and going out and showing other, other mm. dudes how badass we are, how awesome we are. But it's more about like, did you see what I did? Look at, look at all this money that I've piled up here. Look at how big my business is or look how nice my car is and all of these things. But I would say that was the, an older way of thinking. And I think some of the newer stuff now is I think men especially have been evolving over the course of maybe the last, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I want to say the last couple of years, but just in my perspective, it's even more of a badge of honor now mm. to say that you have all of that and that you are an amazing husband and father, or you're a, a brother, to not just your family of origin, but your family of choice. So for you, you spoke earlier about the world of ore. And this world mm -hmm. of ore is, I think, the traditional men either are really good at work and, you know, it's the, and the family will just kind of play out and dad just comes home and because he's been working his ass off and drinking beer and he'll sit on the couch and like, that's his job and that's what he's supposed to do. And I think right. a lot of men, specifically thought like oh if i'm the provider in the household then like i don't have to do anything else mm -hmm. i would say now that men's roles have changed dynamically where they do not just multiple roles but i think they also see that with multiple roles comes the possibility that they can actually be a great father a great husband a great provider they can cook and provide that way they can also do the traditional like go to work provide that way but even more providing like love and affection as a parent. And I say that because you told me about this concept about the world of and mm -hmm. that you can still be a seven figure guy, an eight figure, nine figure guy, and you can be an amazing dad and you can be an amazing husband and you can show up for all your kids games. You can take your kids everywhere. I know you did it too. You were like, I, I would, you just went to Florida. I would love for you to dive into what the world yeah. of or is, where did that come from? And then explain this, this concept of the world of and, and how does a man live, to, or mm. I should say transition from the world of or to the world of and. For sure. Yeah, man. So when we talk about or, it's, it's kind of like the exact opposite of and, which is, you know, reverse engineering this. So what is and? You know, it's, it's literally the epitome of living your life by design, not default. So I say this in context, not to be braggadocious, but where, do, where do you want to be with your life? I mean, dude, I'm two years removed from, from 40 and you look at the average life, life expectancy of a male, let alone a male that hasn't put themselves through the things that I've put my body through my mind through the stressors, all of that. So 
for what? So I think the rhetoric, again, to your point, and, and some of the societal conditioning as we grew up, and listen, man, I love my dad. I love my mom. Like they served me very, very well, but they were at best amateur parents because their parents were amateur parents and their parents were amateur parents before them based on societal conditioning. And that's no disrespect to speak in a negative connotation about my parents by any means. I'm an amateur dad because this, this is, you know, what I know. So I learned, but I say that to say, you know, when you talk about dialing in your vision or dialing in your goals at that point in time, I didn't even know what vision meant. You know, I, I knew like, Hey, I, I want to, I want to live in this kind of house. I want to wear these kind of clothes. I want to walk, drive this kind of this kind of car. I want to have this amount of, of zeros in my bank account to essentially give me options. I want to be able to have the options to do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And some people just say, hey, that's not life. And I vigorously push back on that and say, why? Who's life? You know, so and I've kind of had that proverbial chip on my shoulder my entire life. But or for me was very much and I have again, my parents have gifted me that through conditioning, through circumstance and situation, I, I have learned the ability to, if there is a respective goal in my life, absolutely unequivocally, regardless of situation or circumstance, I'm attacking that. And once I get my hooks into that and I get laser focused on it, it is at the cost of essentially everything until I get that goal. And, and those are some of the issues that I was going through with my wife because my wife, God bless her, I don't want to say doesn't have that, but is like the yang to my yang. So for me, she would know, okay, here he goes again. He's getting fixated on something or oh, here comes the goal again. And it would almost be like she would try to talk me out of that in fear of me going dark or going dormant to where I would get very, very matter of fact on this is the goal. This is what we're going to do. And it's going to come at that cost. I'd like to tell you, man, that I had an epiphany and it was like, ah, this is, this is wrong and I don't want to do it, but it, it's not even that cool of a story. I mean, literally it was like three Decembers ago, right before Christmas. And I almost couldn't get out of bed. It was just like the way I equated to is, is like almost you broke up, like you broke up with your high school girlfriend of like five years and I didn't yeah. break up with anybody. I didn't do anything like it was nothing happened. There wasn't an instigating event. So I was just like, man, what is this? Let me go figure this out. So I went, you know, and talked to a doctor. This is what I was sharing earlier. And, you know, she, I remember the meeting. So in my, yeah, it wasn't nice. Let me just say that, man. So I, I yeah. showed up to the, to the physician and it was 47 minutes of waiting, you know, and every single minute of my day at that time was very calculated as an ROI guy. I mean, so, and I'm still in somewhat that way, but now relationships definitely take, take part in that. But I say that to say, I, I pushed back when she first came into the room and that was the, the instigating point of our relationship. She kind of saw where I was at and kind of met me where I was at, as opposed to, you know, kind of meeting me with that lion tone that I kind of had, which, which wasn't right. And I ended up apologizing and, and, you know, I, we still communicate to this day, but I'll never forget it. My, she looked me through my core, like into the soul of me and said, you cannot will your way through life anymore. Mm. And I was like, watch me. I mean, and I would like to tell you like, that was like enough for me, man. It wasn't six months before I was back in her office and it was cortisol testing, adrenal fatigue. Uh, I mean, you, you just, I was turning my nights into days, not, not because I wanted to, but because I would, in my mind, I had to create a structure and an order. And that structure and that order served me, but it served me very militantly. 
And what was happening yeah. was I was becoming obsessed with the structure and not with the fruit of the structure. So 403 wake up in the gym at 502 and the shower at 601 at the breakfast table at seven o'clock, ready to take my kids to school, regardless of situation or circumstance at 730. So you could bet your life at 737. Where's Al Hammond at 552? Where's Al Hammond? Like regardless of situation or circumstance, that is how I led my life. And again, it served me because it kept me on the guided rails that I need to. But it served me in the areas that were least important in my life. And it, and it took me, unfortunately, to go through that to be able to realize that. So mm. I used to be able, case in point, I used to be able, in my mind, I would go work, grind, do whatever I have to do, reactively, emails, phone calls, whatever, I, job site business, do what I need to do. And then five, six o'clock at night, I would want to go blow off some steam, you know, so weightlifting or weight training has always been near and dear to me. So it's not something I wanted to let go of. So in my mind, I thought, okay, I can go to the gym for an hour or two, 30, and I can blow some steam off. Well, what was happening was I'm not getting home till seven thirty, eight o'clock. My kids are in bed. What kind of relationship am I going to have with my kids? My wife is basically driving the ship by herself, you know, at best, how is that going to go? And then the other thing that unbeknownst to me, I didn't know was this little thing called a cortisol issue where my mind was subconsciously training myself. Hey, this allows me, it affords me the ability to dump off steam, but my body was going to war. So five thirty, six thirty every night, I would put that under so much stressor, same stressors that I had from the, the mental stress that I had during the day. To where now my biological clock and my circadian rhythm started waking up at five o'clock, went to four o'clock. Like I said, 403, 403 went to 330, three o'clock, 230. And now I'm like, hey, my sleep is getting affected. Physically, I'm not where I want to be, man. And it was like the proverbial rope of my life was slipping through my hands. And the more I tried to wrap it around my arm and around my body, like pulling with every ounce that I had on anything that I could do. It was just like laughing at me and, and believe me, man, I'm the kind I was the kind of guy and still kind of in that, like, as the, we'll say proverbial alpha male, where it was always a competition versus me, me yeah. versus the world or me versus you, well, whatever I got to do to sack up Roger that and go to the next level. I need to do more pushups. Check. I need to wake up earlier. Check. I need to eat more food. Check. I need to make more phone calls. Check. Regardless of the situation. And then in hindsight, you know, I'd look over my shoulder and there's my wife and kids. I come up for air for maybe 15 minutes a day, hope to get a snuggle and a kiss. The next thing you know, my oldest son at the time was 16. He's now 18 years old. My daughter went from seven to 11 overnight. My youngest son went from zero to seven. Mm. So those are things that, that really put me in a position where I needed to realize what, what, what's really important to me. And that was really the start of my personal development journey, man. Yeah, dude, that's, that's insanely powerful, especially that last piece where you were talking about just your sons and your daughter jumped age and mm. your, your, your wife even was having stuff probably going on with her that you weren't really aware of because you were so focused on your own progression and growth. And you said yeah. something really interesting where it was like somebody was telling you, you can't will your way through life. And you had said, watch me. And I think that's such a common denominator with a lot of driven people, especially with men, where we want to show everybody what we're capable of and what we're made of, because 
the rhetoric around men is is that if you're a man, you step up, you man up, you you prove yourself, and you show your worth through action and accomplishment. So here's all this stuff in the background. Again, if we go back to what I was speaking about earlier, which is like, look at me and look at all the stuff that I've done. Is that good enough for right. you? Or like, right. look how much money I've accrued. I must be a big shot or I must be somebody, which none of this stuff in the background means shit. If, you're, if your relationships are all yeah. crap, it do, this does means nothing for you. If, you're, if you're, your friends haven't heard from you for months, and your wife's not paying attention, your partner's not paying attention, your kids don't acknowledge that you're actually their dad. Yeah, man. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what are you doing all of this for? Mm. And as you and I have just become closer friends and we've, we've talked about everything, you came up with this really, I would say, just living in the world of Anne specifically, where you could have all of those things, the byproduct of that theory that you have where you can actually do all the things that you want to do and how you want to do it you came up with this system called the four quarters and just to tell every all of our listeners on the show i was going through some i'd say some systematic changes where i was just realizing like man i either had too much time that i was focusing on like too much time doing something and didn't know what to fill that with and we're so prone here in especially in america to like always have our time accounted for or always be doing something and at the end of the result if it's not making money especially if you're in business if it's not making money or for it you don't see the tangible results like don't do it and for me i had this time and 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 then al came on on a phone call with me and he explained to me this four quarter system and this system was one of those things that when I started to map out my day and I saw how flexible it could be and how customizable it could be to my personal ambitions, wants, and desires, I have seen so much change in my life specifically with that. So Al, I would love for you to, to kind of go into this piece here about because of all of these things that you were seeing, your kids were getting older, your wife was going through stuff that you may or may not have been aware of. You were changing, you were dealing with physical problems that, and, and in the spite of all that, telling your doctor essentially like, fuck off, I'm not, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I got bills to pay and you're not paying these. So why the hell do you care? But right. I'd love for you to talk about this, this system as the byproduct of, of mm. living in the world of and, and how did you come up with this? Yeah, man, absolutely. But I guess before I dive into that, man, what, what yeah. you just said, you, you, you assess that accurately, man. And the, the words that are coming just blatantly across my head is, dude, I was living outside of my truth. Yeah. And there are so many men and I'm not even just you know going to speak to the men, but I, there are so many people in general, specifically men that we've aligned with, that I coach, that that are just I, I, I'm happy or able to get on a phone call with and just the same thing. I mean, it's, it's very result driven. It's masked and shielded, meaning you walked in, dude, there was a time when I would walk into a conversation, like bet your ass, my chest would enter the room before my heart. <laughs> I, yeah. We do that all the time. It's, it just happens. It's just, you're, you know, just as being a young boy in the schoolyard, man, that's what you did. Yeah. And, and this is how it happened. It was out of candidly, man, of fear fear-based yeah. mindset of, of not adding up, not being enough, and always thinking that it was a competition between me, whether that's societal conditioning, family conditioning, whatever, between you know me versus them. So I had to find something to 
still appease my result-driven brain at that time so I could still garner what it is that I was looking for. But at the same time, man, figure out, I don't even want to say like walk in my truth because dude, I didn't even know what the hell that was. Like, what does that even mean? So for me, it was like, what is it like to live your life by design? What is it like to live in the and or have options? So I had to create a structure and, and that's what I did. So that four quarter structure is essentially me in on and we. So I'd like to tell you that, hey, man, this is some really cool story. And it was a grandiose super idea that I came up with all on my own. Now, mm. you know, I reverse engineered it, man, basically by my business brain. So the way I think about it was all the time you'll hear business owners or business leaders that, you know, they're going to look at their quarterly metrics. All right. Where, where are we trending? What are we trajecting to? And then let's review every quarter. All right. So I was already doing that in my businesses. Why not do that in your personal life? All right, cool. So I started doing that every quarter and then I realized I need more touches. I need more reps. I need to be able to course correct sooner before I exhaust another three months. So then I started doing it at the end of every Sunday night. Now mm. I still need more. Then I did it at the end of every night. And what I realized is, is man, you always hear those earn your morning, win your morning. How do you win your day? You win your morning. And I, I don't want to marginalize that because there's a whole lot of truth to that. Believe that. And you, you hear guys that are ultra high achievers that, that that's how they, they live their lives. They win their mornings and subsequently win their days. But the ninjas, the guys that are ultra next level, those guys win their nights. And that is what I had to learn because I knew how to wake up early. I could get that done. But I did nothing for the rest in the recovery. I mean, I'd go to bed 12, 2 o'clock in the morning. Roger that sack up. Here's the alarm. It's game time. Let's go. So now I'm running on adrenaline. I'm running on cortisol, things that aren't serving me. And I had to put a structure in place. So when I talk about four quarters, a lot of folks, the misconception is, is my four quarter starts at 8 a.m. or 4 a.m. Mm. Nah, starts at 8 p.m. the night before. And I put myself like an old man in bed, 8, 8, 15 the night before, so I can respect my sleep and I can protect that time so I can show up to the world as my true best self. So quarter one is from 4A to 8A, you know, and this is for me, this is my breakdown. I know that you were able to take pieces of this and we were able to cater it to exactly to how it lived and worked for you. And I've seen you and honor and respect to you, man. You, you've taken that and continue to sharpen mm. yourself, brother. Mm. I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But really, it, it comes down to as as again as business leaders, as again males, men, champions, whatever we want to tell ourselves. Like, what what are we doing to take care of ourselves? You know. So I was mm. 15 through 30. I never really had to take care of myself. My body was pretty much in prime shape. I worked out. I know what my macro levels were. I'll get sleep when I had to, but I'm good. I got on the other side of 30, and it was like, oh. Well, this is a little bit harder than it was. I need to apply more effort. You need to go to bed. You need to wake up. Yeah, just do it harder. Yeah. Dude, it was the exact opposite. Yeah. No shit, right? right? Yeah, no shit when you get in your 30s. Yeah, it's all easy. It's all, Yeah, I'm like, I'm, you know, I was, not to be to cut you off, but you good? recently, man, I just, I was, I was telling Al before the show, everybody that I played in a game of flag football over the weekend, <laughs> you know, and I'm 37 years old. I'm going to be 38 this year. You know, still thinking I got the juke moves from when I played college ball, right? You know, and I'm not saying I was a superstar. I barely saw the field when I was in college, but I at least I at least think I have some athletic ability. And I'm telling still you, still got man, it in your roots. Yeah, I still got. I was like, I'm going to score this touchdown. Watch me, 
And man, I got to tell you, I took one cut and I felt my hamstring pop. And I, the first thing I said to myself, I was like, you know, when I was 27, that would have never happened. Mm. 10 yeah. years later, hamstring gone. Yeah, man. I've been icing There's this sucker. Yeah, I've been icing this sucker for the last couple of days. And I'm like, maybe I need to find another sport. Maybe pickleball. Yeah. Pickleball is <laughs> gangster too, man. That's no joke. Yeah. Yeah, we got a, a and, and before that, it's Steve Weatherford. We're coming for you too. That's right. Brother. I got to let Steve know. That's I got to right. let Steve know on this. I because he hasn't lost yet. We'll put him he on hasn't notice. Lost yet. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, please. Yeah, man. Um, so really, the way I break it down, and I said me in on we. So quarter one for me is four yeah. a to eight a. That's my me time. So I wake up four o'clock. I'm in the gym by five o'clock. This is the time where I'm training my physical pillar. So I'm making sure that I'm getting out whatever it is that I need from an anxiety, a stress standpoint, and I'm, I'm investing the time into my personal body to prolong my life, candidly. I've also switched, you know, I used to go into the gym and just bang out some hardcore music to something that's going to motivate me and rah, 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 lift 405 for reps, awesome. Now I've switched that. I've also, this is the time where now I'm podcasting or a certain book on Audible or something. Man, if I want to learn a new language, this is the time when I'm, I'm grinding to do that. This is also the time, man, where I give myself time to be alone with God. And when I say alone with God, Mike, it is you know very, I say easy, but we'll say easier for those of us, man. It's easy to reach out to God when you need something or you want something, man. Just yeah. I just need something from you or like, man, just please let me get this deal done or whatever it is. And I felt like, man, I'd pretty much done that for the majority of my life where it was just like reactive bargaining. I was never putting myself in a position proactively to just not ask for anything, but just say, thank you, man. I'm And just be alone with God. And this is also the time, man, where I sow seeds into relationships. This is something I never did before. Uh, I learned through mentorship with Steve Weatherford that relationships garner their results. So I just sit alone and I sometimes will get downloads or like I call them envelopes where I'll get a feeling or a gut feeling to reach out to someone, another male even, and just say, hey, brother, I want to let you know, man, you're, you're on my mind and on my heart with no expectation of them to respond, just letting you know, hey, you're on my mind. Honestly, man, I got a lot of responses like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? You, you good, brother? Is everything good? Because man, for years, people didn't know that about me. They didn't know, like, truly, that's my heart, but you're never going to see it because my ass is in the weight room all the time because I'm never going to show you my heart. I just want you to think how cool my arms are and how big my chest is or whatever BS story I was telling myself. But mm. This puts me in a position, man, where I am primed and prepped for the day so I can show up. We talk about walking in your truth as my true self. Now, I've, I've put myself in a position now where I'm ready to show up to the world as 100% out, not 43% because I'm worried about this or I'm stressed about that. I didn't get enough sleep the night before. I Granted, this all works with me because I've enrolled my wife. My wife is 100% with me on this, and she knows the why behind this. So it's it's a collaborative effort between us to where, you know, my kids are still asleep. My wife's still asleep until like the 5.30, 6.30 hour. So it allows me to do that. So at eight o'clock is when I transition. So from 8A to 12P, that's in. This is when I work in my business. And this is when I toe the line. And I say this not to be braggadocious or, or even, you know, as a challenge to anyone, but I can all but guarantee that what I do in those four hours are more productive than what I used to do in 40. 
and and what most people do after we get off because i don't allow myself to walk down the path of reactive triggers and from emails to phone conversations to whatever this is when i'm moving the needle in my business now to garner additional avenues of revenue today how am i going to put food on my kids table today and i go hard i give myself permission like i've gone hard for the past 38 years of my life uber hard in those four hours from 12p to 4p this is when i work on my business so again now my mindset doesn't mean i I let my foot off the pedal i'm just shifting my transit my my intentionality from working into on so what do i mean by on i'm i'm forecasting again sowing seeds into relationships whether it's lunch meetings something that's not going to like i used to think well i'm not going to meet with this guy unless i'm going to get money now or it's just going to move the needle now now this is something where I'm looking at our business model projections, 90-day projections, six-month projections, our year projections, and I get those tiny course corrects that I was looking at every quarter, but now I'm getting them every single day. Also, man, this is a time where I handle emails. You know, emails, Mike, candidly, used to be, and I know I've shared this with you, dude, used to be like my nemesis. I mean, one, because- Oh, that's everybody's nemesis, man. <laughs> it is everybody's thing. Like, I, I, I even still like- Email is the thing that I would say most entrepreneurs result to as like the metric for success. Like, oh, I have zero inbox. I've responded to all my inbox. If you're in an agency side of field where you're dealing with clients, I think you and I are client-facing businesses. Like, oh, well, we've answered all of our clients' questions or concerns, so we're good for today. We must have moved the needle. Right. It happens all the time. You're exactly right, dude. And and for me, you know, with perfectionistic OCD qualities, I never wanted to see even a one notification on my inbox. So like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what time it was, dude. Yeah. I would stop a birthday party. Hang on a second, babe. We can't sing happy birthday right now. I got to respond to this email. I shit you not. Mm. Like in my mind, it was, I need my clients to know, like, like they turn the water on in their faucet. Like they believe that that water is going to come on. They also should believe that when they send Al Hammond an email, he's getting right back to us and not back to us with some fluff content with the answers and that we need. And I put them on a pedestal at the cost of the relationships in my life with my kids, Mm. my wife, with God. I don't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to become a slave to my business. So this is when I respond to emails, 12 to four, two things happen. One, I stopped becoming a slave to my business. I took back the control in my head that it doesn't matter. Dude, I'd, I'd be in two meetings for two hours and come back and have a 78 emails. How do you climb out of 78 emails? Like, what do you do for that? And then maybe I give you a one word response if you're lucky. So I had to come up with a system and a structure and an order and a commitment to back that structure in order to be able to do that. So. If you send me an email, I give you two seconds. It does not matter what time of day it is. I give you two seconds. And all I'm looking for, I'm not looking at the content of the email. Is it important or not? If it's important, it gets flagged. If it's not, it doesn't get flagged. Either way, it goes in a folder that I literally have titled something super awesome as follow-up. And it goes in a follow-up folder. And I know every Monday through Friday, this is when I respond to emails, text messages even now. And that time period. And what happens is, is I started to condition my clients, my vendors, those folks. Now, not that 
you know, not people that are just randomly don't know me or that I don't communicate with them on a daily basis. I mean, I'm not going to control when someone's going to send me an email. The reality of that is, is just, sure. it's a moot point. It's not going to happen. But for those people that I, that I get an opportunity to work with on a day-to-day basis, they started to realize, hey, if I send Al an email, he gets back between 12 and four. So guess what? If I want to get a real-time response, I'm going to send Al an email between 12 and four. Now I started to condition people on when I'm available and to what extent. And now you, you hear it most of the time, people, hey, man, if I get a voicemail, even, hey, man, I know you're in your Q4. You don't have to get back to me today and let's chat tomorrow or whatever the case may be. Wow, that's awesome. That's so good, man. That's good. That's great. Yeah, brother. It serves me to this day, man. And I say all of that to say, like, dude, my entire day, Q1, Q2, and Q3 is set up for my Q4, which is my why. So, for example, if you send me an email, man, at 401 with a $10 million cash duffel bag offer to buy a house that build a house, whatever, with a contingency that the offer has to be approved by 405, you might as well not even write the offer because you cannot buy my time in Q4. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely unequivocally not for sale. If Rachel sees because that email, if, if Rachel sees that email, though, <laughs> is it still? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's some caveats with, with Rachel gets yeah, in there. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, though, man. <laughs> but I say that to say, man, my why is deliberately dedicated from 4p to 8p because remember i go to bed at eight o'clock like a 78 year old dude to protect my sleep but it is 4p to 8p designated specifically to my wife to my children Mm. and i go as hard in that four hours as i did in my q2 with my work so my objective Mm. there mike is not to be present and just all right i'm with my kids but i got these 14 emails dude I, I got to a point where I knew it was, an, it was an issue where I was responding to emails and I didn't want Rachel to think that I was not present at the dinner table if I was at yeah. the dinner table or I was not present like, hey, we're all watching a movie together. Dude, I don't give a shit about this movie. I don't care about any of this stuff. Like I'd be doing so much right now. Yeah, and I got emails. I got to answer. I would write the emails in my head. I kid you not. And then like save them to where I can brain dump to be and just get it done. No, man, I don't only want to be present. I want to be omnipresent when I'm with my kids, when I'm with my wife. So I'm not worried about, Oh, I got to show up on this job site or I got this coaching call. I got to show up for this client tomorrow, or I got this meeting I got to prep for, or I got 52 emails I got to do because I know that in my day tomorrow, I have a structure and an order and an unwavering commitment to back that structure and order for every single one of those things. And I know that I'm going to show up equally as hard as I'm showing up for my kids and my family now and my Q1, my Q2, my Q3. And that is how I live my life in the end. And I become the businessman that I want to be. And again, you know, I've taken my, my business from seven figures to multi seven figures. And I'm in the process now by the, Mm -hmm. by the grace of God of growing two other six figure businesses into multi six figure businesses and be the best father that I want to be and be the best husband that I want to be and the best man of God that I want to be. And that is how I live my life by design, not default. That's what I mean by that. I know that sounded real and, and preachy, he, brother, but that's just no, my passion, no, no, no. It's it was no, it is, and and I loved it too because 
for those of you who don't know Al, this is Al has been saying this stuff to me for a year. And I I wanted men who are listening to this podcast to really clearly just just hear that it is possible mm. for you to have it all your way. It's just about priority. Gone are the days where your significance and your self-worth comes from the money that you have in your bank account. Because yeah, it man. does not matter. It does not matter if your relationships are crap, your kids don't remember you, what type of man you were or what type of dad you were, and your partner doesn't even know acknowledge your existence or sees that what you guys once had is not there anymore. And Al, I think you summed it up beautifully about the intensity in periods that allow you mm. to relax, but to allow you to work in and on the business and what that means. And I think that was eloquently put, my friend. And I, and I think that's that's very powerful. Thanks, brother. I received that. Before I let you go, man, because we're getting to the end of the interview, I would love for you to maybe give three things that men can do right now and mm. to really change the narrative and the perspective about this work-life relationship, whether they're a single guy and they want room for that future marriage, that future partner, or they're a man that's working in a high executive role, you know, maybe they're a CEO or a VP at a company and, you know, they're making good money, but they're still trying to find time in their calendar to say, when do I date my wife? And I know that's something you do. I, when do I spend time with my kids? You know, how do I get myself to stop sending emails at nine o'clock at night, mm. even though my kids are up? And I, so I would love for you to maybe just give like three three things that men can do now to implement those types of changes uh, yeah. in their lives. Absolutely. Um, vitals, vision, yeah, vehicles. So what, is, what do I mean by that? Yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah. Vitals. How do you know where you're going to go if you don't know where the, you're at? So, yeah. so for, for Al three years ago, I won't even speak to anyone. I'll speak to myself three years ago. How do I know that I can continue to work out or continue to go to the gym as hard as I want? How do I know I can scale my businesses? I haven't taken actual assessment of where I'm at in all pillars of my life, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I just think, yeah, I'm good. Or, you know what, I'm financially good, but I got four other wheels and they're all flat tires. So when I say vitals, take an actual assessment of where you're at. And it's not me versus Al me versus Mike. It's me versus me. Like, and it's not even really a competition. It's an assessment of where you want to be and deep dive into that. The next step is vision. When I say vision, think about vision like this, man. It is December 31st, 2021. You are cheersing to your significant other, raising a glass of champagne flute glass, Gold glass. I mean, I get real granular with this. What color is it? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? Where are you at? But you're raising that glass to your significant other and you're saying, by the grace of God and the sweat of our brows, this is what we were able to accomplish. What is this? Is it a relationship that you're sowing into and going to the next level? Are you taking back control of your wife that you've been with for 10 years and you're so afraid that you're going to become roommates? Or maybe you already are. What do you have to do? Is it, I want to build a new house. I want to take my, scale my company. Or is it all of the above? How do you know where you're going to go? 
if you don't have a very clear and concise matter-of-fact vision. Now, when I say vision, I want to make sure that we're not misconstruing that with goals. So a lot of times we talk about that and guys are like, yeah, man, I got my vision down. I want to be able to have a 2021 Denali. I want to have a 10,000 square foot house. I got this new pool and then, you know, I want to buy my wife a new rent. Awesome. Those are all goals. Yeah. How does it make you feel? Why do you want to have those things? Why do you want that option? Why do you want to be in that lifestyle? That's the vision. And then we utilize the goals as quantifiable metrics or benchmarks as stepping stones to tell us, are we going towards or not? So once you have your vitals established on where you're at, think of that as your starting line, your vision on where you want to be. That's your finish line. The vehicles are the reverse engineered process on how we're going to get there. The tools, the relationship, the alignment, all the stuff that we utilize in our head to go from A to B. That's good, man. Yeah, brother. Wow. We got it. We're going to have to do another way because I just (laughs) felt like there's this like 8 million layers that we could just go further down. But I also want to let everybody know that Al is dropping a podcast really soon called The Driven Few with Al Hamid. We will be able to put that in our show notes here because we want for all of you interested in men and women can get on this too. It's not just geared towards men. Yeah. I mean, it's it's for anybody that really wants to operate in the world of Ann. Al is your guy. And so Receive that, Mikey. we will put that in the show notes for you guys to go ahead and give it a follow once that show drops. But Al, thank you, my friend, dude. It's such a pleasure mm-hmm. to have you on here, share a little bit about your story, the work that you're doing. I am excited for you just, the, you know, for you to just really get this message out there. The work you're doing is incredible. I know some of your clients and the men mm-hmm. that you have been working with have, have already dramatically seen changes. And most importantly, for all of you entrepreneurs out there, men or women, even though this episode was really geared towards men, I want you guys to know that the world of and is possible no matter what. Mm-hmm. It, it just comes down to priority and what you really want for your life by design. So Al, thank you so much, man, for joining. I really appreciate you, my friend. Nah, I appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. I love you too, man. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Live Your Truth Now. We will be back next week. Hopefully, we got an incredible episode lined up for you with myself and Katie. But until then, we will see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your week. 